Welcome to episode 47 of the Science Communication Accelerator podcast. And today it's about how to use ChatGPT3 for content creation. And you will get a good idea of what ChatGPT3 actually is. Spoiler, it's an artificial intelligence that can help you with content creation. And you're going to get six ideas how to use it for content creation. So let's go. Chat GPT-3, can you please produce an introduction to my Science Communication Accelerator podcast on what Chat GPT-3 is and how it can be used for science communication? Well, this episode is still produced by me, but yeah, that's what ChatGPT3 could actually help you with. So in December, a month ago, ChatGPT3 made big waves. Actually, it didn't make waves, it made a storm. It was the first application to have 1 million users in less than a week. This was faster than any other application ever. So ChatGPT3 did not create waves, it created a storm. So in this episode, you will learn what ChatGPT3 is, what it can do, what it is not so good at, and how you can actually use it for helping you create science communication content on social media. Welcome to the Science Communication Accelerator podcast. In this episode, we'll be introducing ChatGPT3, a powerful tool that can assist with science communication content creation. ChatGPT3 is a large language model developed by OpenAI that can generate human-like text based on the input it receives. This means it can help you with tasks such as generating ideas for blog posts, creating social media posts, or even writing entire articles. Whether you're a scientist looking to share your research with the public or a science communicator looking to create engaging content, ChatGPT3 can be a valuable asset in your toolkit. So if you're ready to learn more about how ChatGPT3 can help you with your science communication efforts, keep listening. Well, I guess you guessed it already. This was actually text written by ChatGPT3 about, yeah, this question that I asked it in the beginning. Hi, ChatGPT3, can you please produce an intro on what ChatGPT3 is for my Science Communication Accelerator podcast? Thanks. So you see, the text can be really good. That wasn't too bad, was it? So now again, with text that I produced. <laughs> so ChatGPT3 is a version of the GPT language model developed by OpenAI. GPT stands for Generative Pre-Training Transformer. I think it's a pretty random name. What is it? Pre-Training Transformer. Or maybe I'm just not enough in the IT world. But yeah, it was created by a company which is called OpenAI and it was started in 2015. Anyway, it is a powerful chatbot trained by artificial intelligence that you can ask pretty much anything. And the answers are quite remarkable. While they're not perfect, it is a really smart software. It's a really smart machine. It is specifically designed to generate human-like text in a conversational style, making it a well-suited for tasks such as chatbots, dialogue systems, and language translation. But we're not really there yet. Right now, it's really just a chatbot, and you ask questions or you write prompts, and then it delivers on these prompts, and sometimes really well, and sometimes so-so. <laughs> and what I learned already is that even though we, not all of us might really understand how these artificial intelligence bots work, one thing that we have to learn is actually how to prompt it in a good way so that it actually understands 
what we want from them. So OpenAI has been working on their AI chatbots since 2015. So seven years ago they started. While the two previous versions, yeah, GPT-1 and GPT-2, were not open for use to the general public, now GPT-3 was released, yeah, as you know, just in early December. And well, it created that hype that I told you about already. For example, it can help you write code for software, it can help you write your college essay, or it even can guess, yeah, suggest you conversation starter ideas for your Christmas party at work if you don't come up with ideas. You just like, before you go into the room, you just ask ChatGPT3 on the webpage, hey, uh, give me some ideas on how I can have some chit chat with my colleagues and that it can help you with. It is quite amazing what it actually can do. I talked to some people, who, uh, some friends of mine who work in a startup and they say, well, we kind of use it now already for um, so that it actually writes the code for us and the code really works. So while it is probably the most powerful AI chatbot the open public had ever access to, it also, yeah, well, it received not only acclaim but also critique at the same time after it actually came out. For example, in a review in the New York Times, it was said that ChatGPT3's ability to generate computer code, poetry or prose is not just amazing, spooky and humbling, but also a little bit, yeah, more than a little bit terrifying. And... To understand how good it actually is, the, co the following comment from OpenAI CEO Sam Altman, who himself criticized the, the chat GPT-3 hype, uh, acknowledging that GPT, quote, has serious weaknesses and sometimes make very, very silly mistakes. AI is going to change the world, but GPT-3 is just a very early glimpse. So that's what the CEO of OpenAI says. So we are really early uh, in the process. And there's also a lot of talk online, yeah, where it's actually shown that, yeah, ChatGPT3 is far away from being perfect. For example, while there is chatter that ChatGPT3 was trained to, for example, not be sexist and also not to be racist, uh, a guy named Jerome Pesenti, who was the head of the Facebook AI lab, said accordingly to the New York Times that ChatGPT3 is unsafe, pointing to the sexist, racist, and other biased and negative language generated by the system. Um, when it was asked about, yeah, to discuss Jews and women and black people and the Holocaust. So not great. And also there's a, a French startup called Nabla and they what they do is they specialize in healthcare technology and they also tested ChatGPT3 as a medical chatbot. And even though OpenAI itself warned against such a use, so OpenAI doesn't want that ChatGPT3 is used as a medical chatbot. Yeah, what came out was as expected, ChatGPT3 actually showed several limitations, for example, while testing just GPT-3, uh, yeah, the responses that it gave about mental health issues, the AI advised actually, um, yeah, well, a simulated patient to commit suicide. Well, that is anything else than a great advice. Well, so before checking out how ChatGPT-3 can be used for science communication or to support you in your process of creating content that then hopefully creates value to your target groups, let's see what the limits are of ChatGPT-3. And yes, well, guess who I asked for the limits of ChatGPT3? Well, it was ChatGPT3 itself. So take it with a grain of salt, what I'm going to read to you in a second now. So ChatGPT3 says about itself that ChatGPT3 is only as good as the data it was trained on. It can only generate text that is similar to the text it has seen before, so it may not be able to generate novel or unexpected responses. Second, ChatGPT3 can sometimes generate text that is repetitive or monotonous, particularly if it is given a limited context or if it is asked to generate text on a topic that it has not seen enough example of. Third one is that ChatGPT3 
may not always generate text that is grammatically correct or properly formatted, especially if it is asked to generate text on a topic that it has not seen enough examples of. Number four is ChatGPT3 is not able to understand the meaning or context of the text it generates, so it may not always generate responses that are appropriate or relevant to the conversation. And ChatGPT3, uh, fifth point, ChatGPT3 is not able to handle tasks that require a deep understanding of the world, such as answering questions about complex topics or understanding abstract concepts. So, talking about the universe, it might not, yeah, might not really come out really good results there. What do you actually have to do in order to use ChatGPT3? Well, it's quite easy. You actually only put OpenAI into your search engine that you use. Might be Google, might be Cozy, might be something else. And then you are actually led to a software and then you just hit um, use. What, what does it say? I'm just going to have a look. OpenAI. Let's see what comes up. Here we go. So when you go to the OpenAI page and that's openai.com on the top part of that web page you see introducing chat gpt3 research release try or learn more and then you just hit that and then it uh, asks you to put in your email address and then you can actually start right away and what's kind of nice is that all your prompts your previous prompts are actually being shown on the left side of the screen so if you ask something today and tomorrow you might want to have a look what ChatGPT3 uh, answered to your yesterday's query. Then ChatGPT3 actually shows you what you asked yesterday. So this is a science communication podcast. So obviously there should also be some ideas on how to actually use ChatGPT3 for science communication. So while ChatGPT3 is far from perfect and we are just at the beginning of how to use AI, I want to show you how you can actually make use of it. Um, to become better and more efficient in your science communication endeavors. And for that, I will now yeah, share six somewhat easy applications with you on how you can use ChatGPT3 for content production. So let's go. There's a lot of different things that you can do, and I'm not saying that whatever I'm going to yeah, suggest to you now is going to be exhaustive. Um, there's probably a thousand more ideas and probably you have many more ideas as well, but I just want to give you this list of six ideas just to get you thinking about it, how you can use it. So first one is that ChatGPT3 is really good at suggesting content ideas. For example, podcast episodes on, yeah, on whatever you want to do. Um, you know that I do two different types of energy podcasts. So one German energy podcast and one English energy transition podcast. And I was just wondering if I would start a third energy transition podcast, which I'm not going to do, uh, what would ChatGPT3 say? What kind of things I should cover in that podcast? So what would be the first episode? So what could be amongst the first episodes? And the answers that ChatGPT3 actually gave me were pretty reasonable. So for example, it said, okay, you could start with one episode that's called the future of energy in Europe, an overview of the energy transition. And the second idea was the role of renewable energy in the energy transition. Third one was transforming transportation, the shift to electric and low carbon vehicles. And the fourth one was the energy transition and the consumer, how individuals can get involved. So I think these ideas are pretty, yeah, pretty good to get started. And it's not that I would advise to just go ahead and use them, but it's really good to get ideas on what could be done. So this first idea is really about like that ChatGPT3 can give you a lot of content ideas. And that's one way of how you can use it for your science communication and content creation endeavors. The second one is that it can actually help you writing blog posts, not for the whole blog posts, but for parts of it. So 
If you say write a blog post about XXX and that and this and you give a little bit more context, it will write a blog post for you, but that might not be amazing because what you really need for it to really write a good blog post is to actually give it a lot of context. And I would suggest that you think about your own blog post and then create a structure. And then what you could do is ask ChatGPT3 to write each paragraph. And then you still obviously have to check if the paragraph that was created by ChatGPT3 creates meaning and that it sits adequately amongst the adjacent paragraphs. But it gives you an idea of how something can be covered in a blog post. Obviously, you still have to do the, the thinking, the structuring and the, the editing in the end, but it can give you a lot of good ideas on how to write sentences and paragraphs. Okay, the third idea is Twitter threads. So what is a Twitter thread? A Twitter thread is when you have a story or a text that does not fit in one tweet, but you divide it into several tweets. And then you have maybe seven tweets and they all connect together. And you say in the first tweet that this is a threat. And then in the last tweet, what kind of can be helpful is that you say, okay, if you enjoyed this uh, thread, then please, uh, I would be happy for you to like and retweet the first tweet. And if people thought that you provided them value, then they are likely to do that. So that's another way of actually providing value and ChatGPT3 can help you. So put in your topic, your audience and how long the thread shall be on ChatGPT3 and it will actually provide you just that. Be aware that as with everything, the content that ChatGPT3, ChatGPT3 or I say this word way too often in this podcast episode, what ChatGPT3 produces gets substantially better the more context you provide. So if you try to be very specific, then whatever comes out of ChatGPT3 is better. So I used it to create some threads and it worked out pretty well. Again, not with all text, but it, it can be like an idea generator and then you ask them it to write yeah, the thread and then you can see if everything's covered that you want to cover and you can obviously adjust it. But I had the feeling that it worked pretty well. Okay, number four. And that's show notes for your podcast. So let's say you have a podcast. You know, we already asked ChatGPT3 on what ep podcast episodes could make sense for an energy transition podcast. And then you have the podcast episode and every podcast episode should have a decent or a good, how do you say it, a good show note, some good show notes. So how to do that? Well, you can obviously write it yourself, but you can also use Miracle ChatGPT3. And the idea is actually that you can actually couple that with a different AI and that goes as following. So if you have a rather short podcast, like not an hour podcast or not two hour podcast, but if it's a short podcast, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes, you could use, for example, an, an online software called Otter AI. So it's also an artificial intelligence and that uh, helps you to transcribe your podcast. And then you actually copy paste the podcast that you transcribed into ChatGPT3 and you ask ChatGPT3 to write your show notes. Pretty easy. The thing is that ChatGPT3 just put up a um, upper limit of text that you can actually put into it. So you can't put, as I just said, two-hour two podcasts. But yeah, if you have a shorter one, that works. And then you like that, you can actually couple different types of AIs to then create your show notes. Obviously, you still have to read the show notes and make sure everything is right. But it gives you a good, yeah, a good idea of how it can be done. And then you just edit the text a little, little bit. I was recently talking to a colleague and I told him that I would do this episode on ChatGPT3 and then he said, yeah, what you can also do is it can help you write press releases. And you folks know that I'm not a big fan of press releases because we only have a limited amount of, of resources, be it money, be it time, be it talent. And I think we have to use the resources that we have for our science communication endeavors yeah, in a very smart way. And in a, what I mean with it in a very smart way is to think, 
how can we use these resources in the best way, in the most efficient way? And I'm not sure that press releases is actually a good way, but I know that a lot of universities do a lot of press releases, a lot of research organizations write a lot of press releases. I just have the feeling that there's not that much coming back. I think it makes more sense to actually build direct connections with journalists and then reach out to them. Or it makes super sense to actually build your own following online on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, or build your own podcast because then you are the one to decide when content goes out and when it doesn't. And when you write press releases, you just hope that someone picks it up. But yeah, I don't think that in this time where we are right now, that press releases is the best way of how you can use scarce resources. So, but yeah, obviously you can also, similar as writing a blog post, you can also use ChatGPT3 to help you with press releases. Yeah, and then the sixth idea is the last one that I'm gonna share with you today, and that is help writing scripts for YouTube videos, obviously. Makes, makes sense, doesn't it? So like for proper YouTube videos, if they're not just like 40 second videos, hey, I wrote a new paper or hey, we got a new project and this is the outcome. But if you wanna make proper YouTube videos that are a bit longer, then it makes sense to script them. And anything that's with text related, well, you can use ChatGPT3 for that. So what I tried recently is to script a YouTube video on pretty much on why I think that social media is the future of science communication and that science communication with social media is the greatest opportunity that science communication ever had. So I wrote about it before ChatGPT3 was around. And then actually I asked ChatGPT3 on how it would write it. And I got some good ideas and it also helped me in the way how to structure it. And yeah, now the YouTube script is ready. It's just that I didn't record it yet, but obviously that's the point of it. ChatGPT3 can also help you with creating YouTube videos or at least scripting YouTube videos. So these six examples might give you some ideas and I hope so. Obviously, as I said before, they're not exhaustive and there are definitely a thousand other ideas out there on how ChatGPT3 can be used for creating science communication content. But with this list, I just wanted to get you thinking on how this can be done. All right, so what are the implications? of that we have ChatGPT3 now. Overall, when it comes to the implications of ChatGPT3, it is difficult to actually predict exactly how it will change content creation on social media, as it will depend on how it is used and the specific context in which it is actually deployed. But ChatGPT3 has the potential to, I think, significantly streamline and automate the process of generating content ideas for social media. So that's that's like helpful. On the other hand, ChatGPT3 may also yeah, raise concerns about the potential for automation for yeah, replacing human creativity and judgment in the content creation process. So will we actually continue thinking about ideas or will we always just ask ChatGPT3? We don't really know yet. It will be important for those using ChatGPT3 to actually carefully consider the ethical implications of its use and to ensure that it is not used in a way that undermines the value of human creativity expertise. So don't just use ChatGPT3 all the time would be my advice, but I'm also using it quite a lot already. So, yeah. But when thinking about it on a personal level, I think that there will be three different types of ChatGPT3 users or AI users when it comes to science communication or when it comes to work or, you know, also day-to-day -day life. The first type is the people who are actually not using it. And I think they will lose because relatively they will just not be as efficient or they will yeah, have not such an, such an output. And I think social media and also science communication on social media is to some degree a content quantity game. So the more you produce, the more content you create, the more opportunity you give your target audience to actually 
yeah, find you or be exposed to you. And if you create less content or the same content as you create right now and everyone else creates more content because their content creation process is accelerated because of AI and ChatGPT3, then you will relatively lose attention. Well, after this first type, then there is going to be a second type. And that is the type of people that use it uncritically. And I think these people will make fools of themselves. So they will ask ChatGPT something, they get a blog post and they will directly post it. And I'm not saying that it's going to be you, but there might be some people who might uh, be doing that. And that, I think, yeah, doesn't make any, <laughs> doesn't help at all. So these people may, will make uh, a fool of themselves. The third group then, uh, the third type, I think this is the people who use it critically. And when we only talk about science communication, I think that this type of people, they are the ones who will actually gain visibility. Because I think it is key to realize that ChatGPT can be a gr of great help, but it always needs to be checked. So it is amazing to create content ideas. It is good to create paragraphs, etc. All these things that I talked about before, but you always need to check it. But if you do it, so if you use it in a critical way, then you will be able to have way more output and you will gain more visibility if you do this over time. Well, and I could also envision that ChatGPT3 in the long run will push the bar for higher content creation. So as I just said, that in the long run, the ones who will actually use it will be more successful than the ones who decide to not use ChatGPT3 or other AI applications for their content creation process. Yeah. That's it for this episode. I hope it provided you value and it gave you some ideas on how you can use ChatGPT3. Everything I said is just a one man's opinion. I'm not saying this is all truth, what I just said. So if you do disagree with me or if you agree with me, then please let me know and uh, write me an email to julius at psychomax.com. Psychomax only with one M. So S-C-I-C-O-M-X.com. Uh, looking forward to hear from you and if you use ChatGPT3, good luck. I think it is a very powerful tool and I'm definitely going to use it a lot in the future. So all the best to you. Take care and hope to have you back in two weeks. Bye-bye.